name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In last week's Mass, from the Gospel reading, then we heard of our Lord Jesus Christ healing the deaf and mute man. We were stretched to go further, stretched beyond what we normally see of ourselves as the kingdom of God manifest in the earth, His holy church. We are stretched to open our eyes even further to realize what by Christ and his grace and his divine purposes he has made us all as his church. That we are those who have been lifed again by the giving of the Holy Spirit, certainly for our salvation. But we have also been offered life to be able to offer life to others. The life of our Lord Jesus Christ in and through us in everywhere we go and at all times. That Christ may manifest his reality, his nature, and his salvation through each one of us living stones and collectively as his holy church. We remember from last week in that healing that with physical members of a body, with his fingers, Jesus the divine touched the broken. Through flesh and blood, divinity was touched, and from that joint reality, man was healed. The man's ears were opened to hear and receive the word of God, life himself, and his mouth would be opened to show forth the praise of God for the very healing work that Jesus had done for him. And Jesus continues his ministry working through physical members. Each one of us living stones in the body of Christ that make up that body. Granting them all around us and ourselves, even here in the church, granting us the experience of the divine through the human. For our Lord has joined himself so intimately with us. And today we get to go further with perhaps a bit more of the renewing of our mind of our true identity of what it is to be the body of Christ in the earth. Because today, we hear the parable from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan. But this chapter actually begins, if you'll notice when you, when you look at your scriptures, the chapter actually begins with the disciples experiencing a foretaste of what would happen when Christ would pour out His Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost through the end of the age to the end of time. Because the beginning of the chapter is when our Lord Jesus Christ sends out his 70 disciples. And he sends them out to go into the villages that he would come to in the near future. And he tells them to offer his peace to all that they come to. He tells them to heal the sick. He tells them to proclaim to all you come in contact with that the kingdom of God has come near to you. And as they went out, they saw done through their weak and frail flesh and blood in need of salvation. They saw the works and the mercy and the nature of divine stretched through them because they saw the mercy of Christ through them touching others. They saw the peace of Christ go from them that others may experience the peace of Christ. They healed the sick, or rather they were used by Christ to heal the sick. They showed forth his authority over the demonic when they cast out even demons. They came back rejoicing in the Lord for all that they had experienced him do in and through them. 
is what we see the chapter begin with. My friends, what are we seeing? What are we seeing in this foretaste of the church and what is the current reality of us all in the body of Christ? That the disciples, those 70 disciples, had become earthen vessels that expressed the reality and the ministry and the salvation of God the divine through their very beings. This is what they encountered. That those who encountered them would experience Jesus Christ himself. And they would experience how close the kingdom of God had truly drawn near to them for their salvation. Now, right on the tail of this, a certain lawyer that we're told. Now, a lawyer in this case is not like a legal lawyer in a court system. This is actually one of the Jewish lawyers, someone who would understand God's law very well. He was a Hebrew lawyer. And he asked the Lord a question when he was challenged, how do I enter into, the etern into eternal life? Jesus says the summary of the law, love God, love your neighbor. So he really wants to challenge a little bit. Lord, who is my neighbor then? Jesus answers this question with one of the most profound parables that we hear. Because of so many things that it expresses both about the reality of Christ and his salvation and his nature. But also about us, all of us who are in him. And we hear the parable of the Good Samaritan. Let's have a look. Jesus said, a man goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Before we go any further, lock that in. This is a condescension. This is a descent. Jerusalem, not only geographically, was up on a mountaintop, on a holy mountaintop. Jericho was below. We're talking about a man goes from higher to lower. A man goes from that which is greater to that which is lesser. So a man goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's met with thieves. And the thieves strip him of his clothing, they wound him, and they leave him half dead. Now Jesus said that a certain priest came by, and he saw the wounded man half dead. And not only did he ignore him, he steered away from him. He walks on the other side of the street as if too ghastly for me to deal with, too unclean for me to deal with. Certain Levi comes behind him. And this Levi does the same thing as the priest did. He totally ignores the wounded man. He walks on the other side of the road to pass by. But then Jesus says a Samaritan came by. And you need to lock this in about Samaritans. Those are the ones that dwelled in Jericho in that region. My friends, the Samaritans were seen by the Hebrew people as at best, second-class citizens in the world. More accurately, they didn't even see them as of humanity. They were beneath humanity in the eyes of the Hebrews. And Jesus says, this Samaritan, he comes by, and he sees the suffering man, but this man has compassion. He bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his animal, and brought him into an inn and cared for him and cared for his wounds. The next day he had to depart. And when he departed, he gave the innkeeper finances. Enough finances to care for him. And he said to the innkeeper, you care for this man. Nurse him back to health. And if you spend anything more than what I've given you, I will repay you in full when I return. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. The fathers collectively 
give a number of different beautiful interpretations of this blessed parable. And none of them are contrary to the other. More like a prism going forth of beauty and wonder into the parable of the Good Samaritan. We're going to focus just on one interpretation. I want you to look when I give you the Father's interpretation of the Good Samaritan parable. See if you do not see the wonder both of who Christ is and the wonder of what he has made us for the salvation of the world. So here's the interpretation of the Father's. The man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, this from higher to lower, greater existence to lesser existence, this is the fall of man from paradise. The fall of man from paradise. The thieves that beat him and rob him and beat him into something even lesser, a lesser condition, is Satan and the demonic. For this is their aim with every soul that God has breathed life into, is to decrease the human existence, increase the suffering, and never allow for healing. The robbing of the clothes, the wounded, the, the man being left half dead, speaks to us of everything that we lost in the fall of man. Everything that our dignity lost in the fall of man. We are told that we were arrayed and clothed in the very glory of God in paradise, in the Garden of Eden. But once the fall happened, that dignity of man was reduced to less than truly human. And so when we see this being stolen from the man and him being beaten and wounded and harmed and weaker and of a lesser existence, we see the work, the results, I should say, that we've inherited from that fall. Having given in to temptation and hid from God when he called them Adam and Eve. And therefore all of us, we were left in this lesser condition in need of healing. What about the Samaritan? The fathers say the Samaritan is our Lord Jesus Christ become incarnate for the salvation and healing of the world. Our Lord Jesus Christ who condescended from glory not only to array himself in the brokenness of our humanity... But as a Samaritan in the eyes of the Hebrews to become the least of all to do so. The most broken to join it to his divinity for the healing of man. And this Samaritan in his compassion and in his mercy, what does he do that none other would do or could do? He acts on behalf of the one who is suffering so greatly and he brings healing to the one in such need. He bandages up, binds up his wounds. And how is it that he heals? The parable says with oil and wine. What do you say this is? The sacraments of Christ's holy church. <clears throat> the sacraments of the church. That grant us the touch of the divine. That grant us his divine healing. His mercy. His forgiveness of sins. The renewal that he brings us. The fullness of life by Christ. Who blessed and set aside these holy and effective sacraments for the very purpose of the healing of mankind for us to share here in the body of Christ. And he brings them to the end. What is the end? The fathers say the end is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church where the healing of the human person takes place and continues until the end of time when Christ returns. And who is the innkeeper? 
The innkeeper is to be seen as the entire order that Christ has established within his holy church. From the hierarchs, the bishops, the priests, the deacons, and every laity all joined together equal personhood, but in a divine order established by God for the very healing of man and his continued and Christ incarnate ministry to us in this world. And the money that he gives the innkeeper. Remember, the man gave money for the care, for the, for the making whole of the person. What is the money? The fathers say it is the divine energies of God. The grace of God that he has shared with every one of us that through us his healing may come. That if we walk in them spending the money, using the grace and the gifts and the great talents of him that he shared with us, if we're found faithful in that and even spend more, he will be so faithful on his return to restore everything that we have spent to us. One of the wonderful promises of God. Every living stone given everything we need for the salvation of man. I pray you're seeing the reality. I pray that you're seeing the wonder, not from my lips, but from a parable that comes from the lips of the word of God who has ordered his church for the salvation of mankind. This is what Christ is sharing with all of us today. Because you see, we're to be about his ministry in the earth. As we said last week, reconciling the world back to God just as God was in Christ doing. Just as Christ our God empties himself and goes to those who are in need of being filled. Those who are in need of being restored from the fall of man. We are to go and do the same. We are to go to them. Just as Christ brings them into the house of healing, number one, we are to live such a life that we are the house of healing. And then we bring them in and see them restored in the ark of salvation. And just as Christ healed by physical means, communicating to them the divine sacraments, we are to carry this on in our midst, cooperating with him to that end. For we are all healed through Christ by the sacraments. Last year on this Sunday, I remember sharing with you two quotes, one from an Orthodox professor and another from one of the church fathers, and I felt very compelled to share them again as a reminder. Please hear them as to the reality of who we are as the body of Christ. The first is from Dr. Kyriakos Markides, an Orthodox professor of sociology in the University of Maine. I think he just retired. It's from his book called Gifts from the Desert. And it's on this very subject of the Good Samaritan. Dr. Marchetti says, The church was created for purely therapeutic purposes for healing the split between God and men. The church takes fallen, sick, and confused human persons who, who suffer from all sorts of destructive passions and sins and with its very tangible therapeutic methods, helps them to attain to real life, true spiritual healing. St. Nikolai Vilimirovich, he's a bishop in Serbia during the Second World War. He said this about this parable. What is the church if it's not a place where the sick meet with their physician? Those sick from sin come to confess their sickness to God the physician and to find medicine and healing from him who is the true healer from all human suffering and weakness and the giver of all good things. 
my neighbor. Jesus responded, every blessed, wounded soul you come in contact with, that's your neighbor. And how do we be a neighbor? What is it to live as a neighbor? Being a neighbor is being Christ to all we come into contact with in this life. Being a neighbor is being the church in all of its glory and fullness as God has given grace. And being a neighbor is collectively living together as Christ's house of healing. That fallen mankind can find their redemption, restoration of body, soul, and mind, restoration to the true dignity of human personhood that he bestowed upon us in the garden. That is what it is to be a neighbor. That is what it is to be the arm of Christ's salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 